as a mercy unto the entire universe, as Rahmatullil Alameen. Allah Ta'ala sent him with the most perfect way of life and the most complete and perfect deen that could ever have been received by anybody. اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when all the ahkam had now been completed and no further law of deen was revealed thereafter Allah Ta'ala said الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ I have perfected for you your deen and وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي and completed my favor upon you وَرَضِيْتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَا Allah Ta'ala is saying I am pleased with Islam being your way of life your deen Allah Ta'ala is blessing this great favor upon the Ummah. So obviously our success lies in only this path that we wholeheartedly take everything that Allah Ta'ala has given us and that Rasulullah has passed on to us and implement this in our lives. In this is our success of dunya and our success of akhirat. In anything that deviates from this path of the Quran and Sunnah, Anything that deviates from the way that Rasulullah has himself lived and what he taught to the Ummah, then no matter how glamorous that might look from the outside, no matter how attractive it might seem, how advanced it might appear, and no matter what kind of promise there might be in it that it will bring about so much of good, the reality is it will be doomed to failure because they can only be success in that which Allah Ta'ala has given and which Rasulullah has shown. There's nothing else that can give a person any kind of success, any kind of progress, no matter what somebody might claim about it. So this path that Allah Ta'ala has given us in the Qur'an Sharif and that Rasulullah loved and displayed, this is a guidance for us in every facet of life. Is nothing that has been omitted. There is nothing that is in need of anything that more. That something Nauzubillah was deficient, something got left out, something was not complete. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has given, Allah Ta'ala has declared, Akmaltu lakum deenakum. I have perfected it. It is perfect. It is up to us to adopt it, to implement it in our lives, and to enjoy its benefits in dunya already, and its everlasting 
rewards and benefits in the akhirat. Among the various things that Rasulullah did to teach the ummah, one was his practical way of life, and this was an example in every aspect of life. In the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala declares this as the most beautiful example. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That indeed in the Nabi of Allah wa Ta'ala, in the Rasul of Allah Ta'ala, is a most splendid example for you. Uswatun Hasana. Example, the example is presented, the sample is presented for a person to see what is to be done and follow it. That is what the example is all about. Person, he understands the example, then he can continue solving his own problems in the light of the example. So this is what Allah Ta'ala is saying that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the most splendid example. But who is going to take this example to heart? Who is going to be able to follow this example that Allah Ta'ala has blessed the Ummah with? لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Allah Ta'ala says this is the most splendid example. But those people will truly take to this. And who will follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who will understand that their success lies only in this. They have total faith and belief in Allah Ta'ala. Well, Yawm al-Akhir, they have complete yaqeen and conviction the day of Qiyamah is coming. We are going to have to give an account of our deeds. We are going to be questioned about how we lived our life. And together with that, وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ kathira. They excessively remember Allah Ta'ala. They excessively remember Allah Ta'ala. As a result, they are forever conscious of Allah Ta'ala. This excessive zikr, zikr is required. In many, many places, the zikr is accompanied with the word kathir, excessive. Uzkurullah zikran kathira. Wasabbihuhu bukratahu asila. Here also Allah Ta'ala says, that those people will truly adopt this example of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who have complete iman in Allah Taala, complete yaqeen in the akhirat, wa zakar Allah kathira, and they excessively remember Allah Taala. This excessive remembrance of Allah Taala will create the consciousness of Allah Taala. This consciousness will drive a person towards following in the mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Because to get to Allah Ta'ala, this is the only path. There is no other path. So, in any case, one was this beautiful and noble example that Rasulullah practically lived. And he showed us in every aspect of life how to conduct ourselves. How to be successful. Whether it is as a person who is a father to his children, a person who is a husband to his wife, a person who is a person in society, somebody who is the servant of Allah Ta'ala in the masjid, or he's outside on the streets, wherever he is, how to conduct himself. In every facet of life, in his personal life, private life, at home, outside, anywhere and everywhere. How to speak, how to listen. Many a times we know how to speak something, we don't know how to listen. Whereas that too is a very important thing, to be able to listen correctly. Give a person the hearing that is required. 
So in every aspect of life, Rasulullah gave this beautiful example. Practically. Together with that, among the ways that which Nabi imparted this talim and imparted these lessons to the ummah, among those many ways, one was the aspect of dua. One was that this was something that came through the life of Rasulullah naturally. It came at every step of life, dua. And the reason is very, very simple, very easy to understand, that dua, what is dua all about? It is complete abdiyat. This is why dua has been called in the Hadith Sharif as Mukhul Ibadah. It is the very essence of ibadat. Ibadat, ibadat is to totally make oneself subservient to Allah Ta'ala, become an abd. And in dua, if that dua is a dua, if that dua is dua in reality, then a person has totally made himself a humble person in front of Allah Ta'ala, begging in all humility, I am nobody, I am nothing, I have no place to turn to, I have no one to turn to, I have only Allah Ta'ala, and therefore I am totally in need of Allah Ta'ala at every moment in my life, and hence I must present every need of mine to Allah Ta'ala alone. Now with that condition of the heart, the person then presents all his needs at every step to Allah Ta'ala. Now there was nobody who was closer to Allah Ta'ala and nobody who was a greater abd than Allah, to Allah, of Allah Ta'ala than Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this abdiyat, this complete servitude of his, this shone through in every aspect of life and also through these du'as. Because he was a complete abd, he carried on asking Allah Ta'ala. But to the extent that we are not in the subservience of Allah Ta'ala, haven't made ourselves true abds, we feel we are not so much in need of asking. So we'll ask, but now there's too many ways of asking. One is to ask with a kind of independent attitude. You don't give it, give it, you don't want to give it, don't worry about it. That's also one way of asking. And the other is humbly pleading. Now, though nobody will make dua in that manner, that if Allah wants to give it, he'll give it. But the manner in which we resort to dua, when there's a very, very uh, pressing situation, after we've tried everything else, nothing seems to have happened. We finish, ask others to also sign, do something for us, nothing happened. Now is the last resort. Now the person turns to dua. At that to that dua, his heart and mind is mostly in maybe somebody else will make a plan for him. The dua is, well, just there. But because we have not really submitted ourselves to Allah Ta'ala, haven't become true abds, dua becomes the last resort only. Whereas the person who is a true abd of Allah Ta'ala, dua becomes his first port of call. He starts off with dua, and then he continues with dua, and even after he's finished, his dua won't finish. Meaning from his heart, he will be constantly begging Allah Ta'ala. And likewise, we find in the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that at every step there was dua. Some of these dua are in the form of azkar, but it's dua, it's asking and begging Allah Ta'ala. And this was that abdiyat, at every step dua, every step dua. 
So among the many, many du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa one very, very comprehensive du'a, and as mentioned, on the one side, this was the abdiyat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He is begging Allah ta'ala all the time. And what Allah ta'ala had already blessed him, he is still begging more. On the other hand, together with that abdiyat and Nabi Sallallahu tawazu and humility in all this, it was also ta'aleem, teaching us, teaching us many, many lessons in these things. So among these du'as, one, is, one of the du'as is, what on one occasion, Rasulullah, on occasions Nabi Sallallahu would make this du'a, Allahumma inni as'aluka sihhata wal-ifa wal-amana wa husna al-khuluq wa al-qadr. Now they are Five things asked in this dua. Outwardly all these things seem to be individual aspects. But all these things are all interrelated. And this is the mojiza of the kalam of Rasulullah Only he could have linked up all this. All these things are our needs. And at the same time they are very great lessons for us. So in this dua Rasulullah asks, Allahumma inni asaluka sihha. Ya Allah, grant me sihad. Grant me good health. This is a very great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. And a person should be very cautious about his health, looking after his health. Allahumma inya saluka sihad. Ya Allah, grant me sihad. When a person has good health, provided that he is using that health correctly, there is a lot that can be done. There is a great amount that can be achieved person who has that health, he can stand up for lengthy rakats perhaps. person has that health, he can be making much tilawat of the Quran Sharif. The person has that health, he could be serving deen in great, to a great extent. He could be spending his time inviting the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala, going from person to person, doing so many things. That health. If that health is missing, very difficult. So we are getting a message in this, that look after the health. Don't deliberately do such a thing that will harm that health. One is something beyond a person's control, dunya is dunya, but deliberately doing something that will harm this health, that is now against the dictates of this amanat of health. So this is the first aspect mentioned in this dua, Allahumma inya saluka sihha, ya Allah grant me sihhat. There's many, many details in this, but just to then go on to the next aspects. Thereafter Rasulullah says, well, ifa. Allah grant me chastity. Who could have been more chaste, more pure than Rasulullah Let alone more pure, who could come even a fraction close to the purity of Rasulullah Despite that he's still asking. <coughs> These are things to ask, to make dua for. Otherwise, sometimes, a person gets so far away from certain requirements of being that the realization also dies off that something is wrong. That realization also goes away. Like a person sometimes, Allah forbid, there's some paralysis of some sort. Now if that some kind of damage is happening, the person is getting burnt, he can't feel anything because it's paralyzed. Somebody cuts off that finger and take it away to you or no. So likewise, unfortunately sometimes, such a paralysis comes on a person's roof because of the 
interaction with all kinds of evil and vices and the environment that a person is all the time surrounded by, that the realization of wrong dies down. Now sometimes things carry on and the person still feels very good about himself. In the workplace, wherever else, person is freely intermingling with non-mahrams, laughing and joking and everything is like one big family and all kinds of, Allah forbid, one is laughing and joking which itself is a major problem, but then laughing and joking in a lewd manner. And then to the person feels, well, I'm reading my five times namaz, I'm fine, everything is okay. Chastity, well, alhamdulillah, I'm very chaste. Whereas that is the doorway to zina. And that itself is a level of zina. But when that constant engagement in certain things start killing that sensitivity of iman, and start killing off that realization that this is wrong, this is haram, this is sin. Then even after being engaged in such things, the person still feels nothing about it. That becomes a very dangerous level. That where the sin is no more now regarded as a sin, that puts a person's iman on the edge. And Allah forbid, the next step thereafter, sometimes a person starts justifying the wrong. He starts justifying his sin. Allah forbid that can just throw a person out of that iman then. Because now, to regard something that is a sin as not being a sin, as halal, na'uzubillah, that renders iman null and void. So this iffat, chastity, purity, Rasulullah is teaching us something to ask about. To ask Allah for. And this help that a person has asked for, the message and lesson is being given in here that while there are many, many reasons why that health sometimes is affected, but one of the major reasons why that health gets lost is the loss of chastity. That when the chastity is compromised, then that health is compromised. And on a broader level, that when the, there'll be engagement in vices and sin of whatever sort, whether of an illicit nature, whether of some other haram, all this will affect that health. It will affect the health in one way or the other. Person consumes haram, it's going to affect the health. The person engages in some other kind of haram activities, he's looking at haram, it's going to harm his health. He is listening to haram, it's going to harm his health. And he keeps engaging his heart and mind in thinking about haram, he's going to harm his health as well. Spiritual health, obviously, even physically, even physically, many a person, Allah forbid, becomes addicted to looking at all kinds of filth. Now the scientists have found that it end up, ends up what they call rewiring the mind. It causes a distortion to the mind. The person then cannot think straight and clearly even in simple things. He thinks in a warped way in everything. Now one is a spiritual harm, this has caused even a physical harm. After a while sometimes the person comes to the realization, makes sincere toba, gives up that sin, but he still can't seem to get past that problem that has, he has created, where the mind got altered. The whole thinking got altered. 
person sees something most innocent and he sees it in the wrong way. Something that is totally plain and there's nothing to it. But his mind has become so warped, he sees the worst things in it. That's a health that got affected by the sin the person was involved in. So Nabi Islam is giving us this very, very simple prescription that a person wants to protect that health. Yes, there are many factors that affect the health. So obviously, other factors, there will be other issues. Some things are beyond a person's control. But those aspects, those, that health that gets destroyed because of the loss of chastity, to protect that health, the person must protect the chastity. Protect the chastity in every sense, that health will be protected. To protect the chastity, in the Quran, Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives the prescription, the command, وَلَا تَقْرَبُ الزِّنَا إِنَّهُ كَانَ فَاحِشًا Don't get close to zina. The Quran Sharif, the general mizaj of Sharia, is that don't get close to vice and sin, not don't do it. Don't get close to it. Rasulullah gives one example in one hadith sharif that there are certain things which are clearly halal, certain things which are clearly haram. Al-halal ubayyinun, al-haram ubayyinun. Then Nabi Islam says, in between there are certain grey areas. It's not absolutely clear. This too is a test. That there are certain grey areas. The grey areas are not because uh, that it's neither here nor there. It's just that the evidence regarding it is not very clear which side it falls in. On the one end, certain evidence gives weight to the one side that this should fall on the side of impermissibility. And certain things that apply to it also gives weight to the other side that no, this should not fall, in, that end it should fall to the side of permissibility. As a result of this, various different angles to it, so the fuqaha are not very, very directly clear about which side it falls in. So they call it mushtabihat. Rasulullah himself is explaining, this is mushtabihat. These are certain doubtful things. So now the person who wants to be safe, Nabi Islam says, that the person who wants to save his deen and save his honor and dignity, then he should stay away from the mushtabihat. He should stay clear from this area. Why? Then the example Nabi Islam gives, Like a person who takes his animals to graze right at the borders of a royal pasture. Now the royal pasture, this belongs to the royal household, belongs to the king. It's very dangerous to go and graze in that pasture because you're going to be arrested. This is royal pasture. You're going to be thrown into prison. So now if a person is away, he has that much of sense that this is royal pasture, so he must not take his animals anywhere close by. Because he can't control that animal when it's on the border. He doesn't know when he's going to just hop over. And in one moment he'll hop over because he's right at the border, he's going to start grazing in there. He's going to be in deep trouble. Now that's very, that border of that royal pasture, that is not royal pasture. The border, the border is permissible land. But it's dangerous ground. It's too close to the royal pasture. It's too close to that part of land which is impermissible. So this too becomes a very, very dangerous area. 
So this is what the example is giving to us. That certain things may not be completely forbidden directly. But it is right at the edge. It's on the border. A person will say, but this is now digital photography and therefore it's not an issue. But then where is leading a person to? Is leading him finally to that which is completely haram. This might be something, there might be various views about it. Though the evidence might be very, very strongly in light of the impermissibility, but somebody else has said something. But then where the person suddenly is jumping into? How often this has been the starting point? Then everything became open. Everything became fine. Everything became legalized. So these are the aspects that are being explained. Don't be close to the borders. Because that's a very dangerous point. He might just end up grazing in there. He grazes in the royal pasture. He's put himself in deep trouble. Then he's going to fall in haram. So, the person who protects himself from the makruhat, to a greater extent he'll protect himself from haram. person says this makruhat tanzihi. So makruhat tanzihi, our terminology of makruhat tanzihi means, don't do it too much, do it sometimes, okay. Makruhat tanzihi. And makruhat tahrimi, well, okay, now and then you do it. Meaning, makruh means you can do it. Haram means you can't do it. Whereas makruh, is a category that the fuqaha has categorized, but it is makru, it is reprehensible, something that is displeasing. Who is displeased with it? Allah Ta'ala is displeased. So when Allah Ta'ala is displeased with something, somebody who has the claim of love for Allah Ta'ala, would he hold up, just without any restriction, without any inhibition, just go wholesale into doing whatever Allah Ta'ala has is displeased with, it's makruh, it's not haram. The person who will indulge in makruh, he's opened the doorway to haram. He's at the door. He deliberately indulges in makruh, he'll end up going into the door of haram. Likewise, the person who safeguards the mustahabbat, he'll make amal on the sunnah also. The person who looks after the sunnah, his faraiz will never get affected. The person starts compromising. He says, this is just trying to dismiss it. He says, well, no, this is mustahab, it's fine, not a problem. And well, this is sunnah, it's not farz. It may be correct technically, but that tone is very dangerous for the iman. Because it tries to trivialize the sunnah. So in any case, this is that border. And here also this ifat, this aspect of looking after the chastity. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives the principle, wala taqrabu zina. That a person wants to look after his chastity, wala taqrabu zina. Don't get close to zina. This is the principle, this is the mizaj, this is the manner in which Sharia deals with these things. The Quran Sharif deals with it. Doesn't say don't do certain things. Don't get close to it. Wala taqrabu maal al yatimi illa billati hi ahsan. The wealth of the orphan, it's very easy to start misusing. The person has it in his possession, he is the trustee, he is the guardian, and now it's excess wealth, he's suddenly in a jam, he has some need to now sort something out. He says, well, don't worry, we'll sort something out later. And doesn't give a second thought to it. It's in his hands, in his control, in his possession. Allah Ta'ala says, Wala taqrabu maalal This is such a delicate matter. And so easy to jump over the border. So easy to cross the line. Allah Ta'ala says, Wala taqrabu. Don't get close to the wealth of that yatim, except in the proper manner with the right intention, for the right purposes, to do what is correct with it. 
This is the mizaj of Sharia. Don't get close to anything that is going to be dangerous. But the person wants to protect the chastity, which is going to protect his health. Wala taqrabu zina. Don't even get close to zina. And in the Hadith Sharif, the various categories of zina have been explained. Zina al-ayni an-nazar. The zina of the eyes is looking at haram. The zina of the ears listening to haram. Zina of the tongue speaking haram. Zina of the hands touching haram. Zina of the legs walking towards haram. Zina of the heart thinking deliberately of haram. Fantasizing all kinds of filth. All this has been declared zina in the Hadith Sharif. So now the person who wants to protect that chastity, he has to protect himself from all these things. So in any case, this dua Nabi Islam says, Allahumma inya saluka siha wal iffa. And then, wal amana. Allah, I beg of you to grant me amanat. Rasulullah was on such a peak of all these qualities that let alone the progress that came after Nubuad. After Nubuad, he was taken to the very peaks of it. The Quran Sharif Allah declares, you are on the height of good akhlaq. That progress that came thereafter is beyond imagination. Even before Nubuad, Rasulullah was on that level of akhlaq, that level of amanat. That throughout the lands he was known as Al-Ameen. Whereas he was not yet conferred with Nubuat. It was already, still not even that time. But that was the level of his Amanat. That, that became his title. That became his title in the hearts and minds of young and old and one and all. Al-Ameen. Despite this, Rasulullah is still asking about Amanat. Ya Allah, grant me Amanat. Can you imagine, let us think for ourselves. One day also we make dua, Ya Allah, grant me amanat. Ya Allah, bless me with the reality of amanat. Ya Allah, bless me with the reality of iffat. So these are also things to make dua for. They should be dedicated time daily for dua. And these are also all things to include in our dua. Yes, Ya Allah, make my business prosper by all means, make that dua also. Allah grant me good children, by all means, must make that dua. And especially if we have children, then Ya Allah make my children pious. That dua is a must. That dua is taught to us in the Quran Sharif. There's so many duas in the Quran Sharif for the pious offspring. Allahumma aslihli fi zurriyati. And Rabbi jalni muqeema salati wa min zurriyati. Rabbana wa taqabbal dua. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina qurrata a'yun. وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ imama. These du'as are a must and a daily must. In any case, all those du'as are to be made. But together with that, these du'as, Ya Allah, grant me amanat dari. Allah, give me the reality of amanat. Now this again, the person wants a sihad, he wants a good health. The prescription for that is iffad. And that person will be able to adopt that iffad who has the reality of amanat. Because amanat is an all-encompassing factor. It's not confined to just merely monetary amanat, material amanat. That is amanat. But the eyes are in amanat. The person who has the reality of amanat and does not misuse, he will not misuse that eyes. Then the ifrat of the eyes will remain. The chastity of the eyes will remain. The person who has the reality of amanat of the hands, 
and you won't touch haram, then the ifat of the haram will remain. The ifat of the hands will remain. He will remain chaste in his hands. The person who understands the amanat of the heart is not a place to deliberately be cooking up all kinds of evil thoughts. One is the wasawish of shaitan. That is a, beyond a person's control. He is not, it's involuntary and he is not responsible for something that is involuntary. But the involuntary and deliberate, the line between involuntary and deliberate is a very fine line. It starts off involuntarily. Then many a times the person realizes what has now occupied his mind. Then he continues giving it further wind. So the spark shaitan lifts, then he fans it. And then he makes it into a fire. So that's a very fine line. The involuntary part, he must ignore it. Just ignore it. And just as it came, he must just let it go like that. The heart is like a super highway. On that super highway, there will be all kinds of vehicles, the best of vehicles also crossing the road. There will be a million rand vehicle. There will be some car that is falling apart will also pass on that road. There will be some dog that is crossing the road also. And sometimes some rat and whatever else will pass there. Now he stops to look at now what color dog passed here, how many feet this rat had, and all the other details. Then he'll never get on his own journey. His own journey will be all disrupted. He must keep on the road. Don't pay attention to what's passing. Just as it came, it'll go away. But he starts looking at it. Now he's going to start getting involved in it. So likewise, these wasawis, a person is not accountable, provided he didn't then deliberately start engaging in it. But apart from that, the heart is amanat now. So now the person understands his heart. This heart was the house of the love of Allah Ta'ala. This heart, this heart was meant to be permeated with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. With the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. With the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Now this heart, instead of being the house of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, it becomes Allah forbid, it becomes the sewer system of the world. The sewer system of the world, the person is flushing all the filth of the world through this heart. Whatever he's looking at, everything is flushing through the heart, all that filth. All the filth of the whole world, he makes his heart the sewer system of that filth of the world. This was the place of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. This was the place where the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala should be there. And to put all this filth in the heart, this was the place where the love of Allah Ta'ala should be prospering. So, the person who has amanat dari in him, he'll be now very conscious about, how can I allow these things, these things to come in my heart? What is involuntary, he'll just ignore it and let it go away. But deliberately, he won't allow that to come. And then he won't take himself to such environments, to such places, that are going to affect his heart. Because the heart is very delicate. The heart is very sensitive. It will take an effect from anything very quickly. So now this amanat, the person who has amanat in him, he will be able to adopt that effort. And if that amanat is missing, then the person doesn't bother how he uses his eyes, how he uses his ears, what he listens to, and where he goes, and what he does. As a result, that effort gets lost. Allah Taala has made the safety of this ifat in amanat. Then amanat, Nabi Salaam says, well, amanata wa husnal khuluq. Ya Allah bless me with amanat, Ya Allah bless me with good akhlaq. 
Amanat is also a facet of akhlaq. So the person who has been blessed with good akhlaq, he'll have amanat also. And if a person is picking and choosing in akhlaq, then sometimes he chose one thing and he neglected something else, that neglect would rub off on this also. A person, he is honest in his, in what he has, what he deals with, meaning somebody gave him some money, he's honest in that, but he has a habit of lying. Allah forbid that lying will one day make him do something wrong with that money also. Because that lying is a part of bad akhlaq, evil quality, evil character. And cheating and deceiving and stealing and robbing, this too is part of evil qualities. One evil quality will start opening the door to the other. The person has a habit of lying, tomorrow he'll start stealing also. He'll start cheating as well. So therefore, Nabi Sallallahu is saying, have full akhlaq, personal khuluq, akhlaq in complete, in, to- in totality. And this is such a great aspect of deen, that in the Hadith Sharif it is explained that among, the, that what the heaviest and the weightiest aspect on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah, good akhlaq. Person who has good akhlaq, then his dunya also will go correctly, the doors of Jannah will open for him as well. Heaviest thing on the days of, on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there were so many, everything Allah ta'ala blessed him with, with excellence, all the physical excellence, to the highest level. So all that was a kamal, and everything adds to that Perfection of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But the Quran Sharif highlighted that kamal which was internal. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa face was most perfect. His eyes were most perfect. His body in every regard was most perfect. The ahadith in the shamail, all these details have been preserved. The hair of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa his mubarak eyes, his mubarak feet, and his hands, his palms, ma masistu di bajan, wala hariran, alyana min kaffi rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hazrat Anas alayhi says, I never touched any silk which was more softer than the Mubarak palm of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wala shamimtu raihatan, atyaba min raihatin nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I never smelt any fragrance, more fragrant than the natural fragrance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The natural fragrance emanating from his body, without having applied any itar, that was more fragrant than every kind of perfume. All these excellences Allah Ta'ala blessed him with. All this was his kamal. But the Quran Sharif highlights, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ That above all this, was the beautiful akhlaq that the Mithlaasim was blessed with. The height of akhlaq. Unfortunately, many a times, despite the neglect of akhlaq, we still regard ourselves as very good. Why? Because with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, this too is very great na'mad, that a person, mashallah, is performing his salah regularly, he perhaps adopts the appearance of the sunnah, he is making tilawat also, maybe engaging in some efforts of deen sometimes, whatever other good things happen, mashallah, all this is a na'mad from Allah Ta'ala. All this is a very great blessing. But let us always bear in mind 
that if we be deficient in our mu'amalat, our mu'asharat, our akhlaq, Allah forbid all this will get washed out on the day of Qiyamah. It will get dished out to others. Because when the akhlaq is lacking, then we are going to start trampling on the rights of others. Start hurting somebody, start causing taklif to others, start doing things which are going to then render our sawab and rewards all null and void. It will all be gone to others. Unfortunately, despite the fact that that akhlaq is so poor, we still think we are very good. Whereas regardless of how good apparently everything is, we don't have any basis to regard ourselves as good. How good we are, we'll only know on the day of Qiyamah. When the result comes out, then we can say what good we are, or how, what, what our position is. Before that position, the person is already giving himself his position. So this amanat will come when this good akhlaq, or husn al-khuluq, and the last thing Nabi Salaam mentions was Rida bil Qadr. Ya Allah grant me that quality of being pleased on your decree. This is a status and a position, a maqam, even beyond ikhlas. That a person completely submits himself to whatever Allah Ta'ala has decreed. No complaints against the decree of Allah Ta'ala. He will make dua for afiyat, will make dua for safety from all kinds of harm and difficulty, whatever. But he wholeheartedly submits himself to Allah Ta'ala's decree. No complaint against it. In his heart he understands Allah Ta'ala's wisdom is profound and it is beyond my comprehension. I accept whatever Allah Ta'ala's decree is. Yes, we'll keep making dua. We'll do what is in our position, capacity to, to remove a difficulty, to ease some problem, but for rida bil qadr. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we bring all these very great lessons into our lives. Allah Ta'ala bless us with that sihat as well, bless us with that iffat, amanat, the good akhlaq, and also bless us with this rida bil qadr. Allah Ta'ala make us among His true and loyal servants, keep us with iman, take us with iman, raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman, wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbah. Shalom, we seek for a short while in the dua. Report in the Hadith Sharif, the person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine on the 14th moon of the day of Qiyamah. Inshallah, the meaning of this is that Inshallah, with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant him the topic of righteous actions and give him the topic of staying away from sin. And Inshallah, this will give him the great honor on the day of Qiyamah. We should try to do this Inshallah daily. hundred times we recite La ilaha illallah. Recite the La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim naiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahnu La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha 
Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, O most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all our major minuses, Ya Allah. Allah, indeed, we are your most sinful servants, Ya Allah. We acknowledge all the wrongs we have done, Ya Allah. There is nothing we can hide from you, Ya Allah. But you are most forgiving, Ya Allah. You are most merciful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are Akramul Akrameen, Ya Allah. You are Rahimul Masakeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you are Afoon Kareem, Ya Allah. You love forgiving, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. We are begging for our forgiveness, Ya Allah. We are begging on behalf of the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, you shower down your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Shower down your mercies on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, despite we not deserving anything, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah, and shower down your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire ummah from such a'mal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alam, we acknowledge what is happening throughout the world is our sins, Ya Allah. It's the result of our wrongdoings, Ya Allah. It is what we have blatantly trampled your commands, Ya Allah. We have blatantly left the way of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We have rejected that Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, this is the result of our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are sincerely repenting today, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're making Toba from all this, Ya Allah. We're coming back to you, Ya Allah. Accept us, Ya Allah. Take us into your mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, open the doors of your Rahmat for us, Ya Allah. Open the doors of your Rahmat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Shower down your Rahmat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the pain and suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, remove their hardship and suffering, Ya Allah. Ya Allah. We'll not listen to evil talk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Allah, we're making Toba from all the wrongs we have done, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're making Toba from the wrongs we have spoken, Ya Allah. From the ghibat, from the lying, from all the slanders, from all the evil talk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Our hearts were meant for your love, Ya Allah. Our hearts were meant for you, Ya Allah. Our hearts were meant for your remembrance, Ya Allah. Allah, we made it the flushing system of the world, Ya Allah. We made it the sewer system of the world, Ya Allah. All the evil and the filth of the world, you are flushing through our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Clean our hearts out, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your zikr, Ya Allah. Let our hearts beat with your love, Ya Allah. Let our hearts beat with your ma'rifat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. At every moment, Ya Allah. Let us be conscious of you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us your jhanan, Ya Allah. The nisbat of the awliya siddiqeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform our five-time salah with jama'a, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to talk to you in dua daily, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Accept us for the khidmat of your Mubarak Deen, Ya Allah. Accept our progeny still qiyamah for the khidmat of your Mubarak Deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who are in hospitals, Ya Allah, give them complete shifai and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who are in financial difficulties, Ya Allah, remove their difficulties with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk to one and all, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all that is haram, Ya Allah. Save us from all that is mushtabah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from coming close to the bodies of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are, Ya Allah. In any kind of difficulty, hardship, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the worry, the t- depression, the tension, the anxiety. 
Allah remove it with afiyat ya Allah Allah grant sukoon to the hearts ya Allah grant itminan to the hearts ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who have passed away from our families throughout the ummah Allah you make their complete maghfirat ya Allah grant them the high stages in the akhirat ya Allah Allah our moment is coming also ya Allah Allah keep us in your obedience ya Allah take us in your obedience ya Allah take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Allah take us on imane kamil ya Allah take us on tawbatan nasuh ya Allah Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya Allah Allah let us be among those who hear that beautiful elan and announcement at that time that ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya fadkhuli fi ibadi wadkhuli jannati ilahul alameen make us among those chosen servants of yours ya Allah Allah make our covered gardens of jannah for us ya Allah grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah ilahul alameen all the work of deen taking place accept it ya Allah make it the means of the hidayat spreading throughout the world ya Allah ilahul alameen all the organizations of deen ya Allah accept them ya Allah all those on the path of haq ya Allah accept the madaris ya Allah accept the makatib ya Allah accept the efforts of the masajid ya Allah accept the khanqaz ya Allah Accept the work of da'wat and tabliq, ya Allah. Accept all the organizations of deen, ya Allah. All the effort of haq, ya Allah. Accept it, ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, ya Allah. Fulfill all the needs from the ghayb, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of ummah, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. All those who asked us to make dua for them. All those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, you are the know of each one's heart, Ya Allah. You know what is the cry of each one's heart, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant sukoon and afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Our greatest need, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, that we get total hidayat, Ya Allah. Our greatest need is that we become yours, Ya Allah. That you become ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. All the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Allah, you save us from it as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-alihi al-azim Rabbana taqabbal minna taqabbal minna تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه المعين والحمد لله